Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Our guest today is Derek Kinney. Derek is the CEO of Good Money Framework and host of the popular Good Money podcast and is changing how you feel about money. He believes money is not bad and good people should have more of it. He is also the author of The Good Money Revolution. In this episode, we discuss how money doesn't make your life better unless you connect it to a purpose, and later, how you can find a cause to connect your money to. We hope this episode inspires you. As always, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and motivation. Hi, Derek. Thanks so much for joining us. Angie and RJ, it's great to be with you today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. You know, we're excited to have you on. For those who may not know you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm actually a, I would call myself a recovering financial advisor. I uh, built a practice over 25 years and uh, people have said it was one of the top ones out there, but I'll let my clients judge that. You know, let me bring you into a big life event that occurred to me. This was almost two years ago. So let me take you to Boston with me in July of 2019 on my yearly sabbatical. And this will tell you a bit about myself. So I go away every year for a week to think and pray and journal and ask myself three questions. How do I be a better husband? How do I be a better father? And how can I be a better business leader? And this particular sabbatical was really critical because I've been tossing around this question in terms of what do I want to do next with my life? Had built a good business 25 years, but wasn't feeling as into it anymore. And I began to write a list out there at the hotel desk in my room that morning. And I wrote out all the things I would love to do. And I wrote out, write a book, launch a podcast, speak, coach, all the things that were in my heart. And then I realized to do that, I would need to sell my business to really sort of put my back against the wall, put the chips on myself and take this good money message to a broader audience. And so, you know, when you ask, tell you about myself, I've always enjoyed helping people make money. I just like money because it's a tool that people can use for good. And what I realized was as I built my practice and served one client at a time and helped them solve their problems and achieve goals, is that if you can tie something meaningful to their money, they're a lot more likely to want to make it and see the good in it and make more of it. And so that's what the message is all about now is encouraging people, really empowering them, go make money, go make a lot of it, but use it for good. And we're going to talk more about that, I suspect, later on. You know, I love that, right? Because as you're speaking, you know, something that comes into my mind is, you know, often we're taught you know, money is the root of all evil, right? Yeah. A lot yeah. of us were taught that growing up and we don't, you know, we kind of accept that limiting belief about money. And I love that you say that, you know, connect it to a cause that's important to you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because, and I, I touch on this in the book, but it's about addressing people's bad money beliefs. Now, I'm not calling people bad, but if you think back to when you were a kid, were there some of you listening who might have seen a mom or a dad or a grandparent sort of bang their fist on the kitchen table and say, if only we had more money, then we could do this. And as a child, you begin to associate, wow, a lack of money means we can't have the life we want. I can't have the fun I want. Or even worse, when people would say, you know, in life, there's the haves 
and the have-nots. And our family is one of the have-nots. Well, when you grow up watching people you respect and you live with every day tell you that, you begin to adopt a mentality that, well, maybe money is meant for other people, but really not for me. And my worry about that, and I see this played out a lot as I talk to people, is they believe that the two-week paycheck is their pathway to financial success. I've got to have a steady job, a secure job, get paid every two weeks, then you're going to be okay. But it's really a ceiling on your own potential that you don't know is there. And what I really want people to think about right now, especially as we all come out of COVID together, we're all pressing this giant reset button. And it's the button that successful people press all the time is how can I think differently about my money? How can I think back and erase those negative thoughts? And I want to share a quick story with you, if I may. I was in the office on a Saturday a couple of years back, catching up on things, and I saw my voicemail light blinking. And I knew I had a moment I could either press that button, kind of get distracted and, and figure out what was going on with that issue or keep working. And a voice inside said, Derek, you need to press that voicemail button. What I heard on the other end of that was a frantic woman's voice. And what she said blew me away. She said, Derek, I bounced a check and I'm going to go to jail. Whoa, I've never heard anybody say that to me before. So I called her right back and I said, tell me what's happening. She said, Derek, I accidentally bounced a check. I didn't move money from savings to checking. And I got a letter in the mail, this NSF deal, non-sufficient funds. And now I'm going to go to jail. And I said, okay, hold on just a second. First of all, I'll call on Monday. You and I can call the bank together. We'll move the money. I'll help you with that. No problem. But the bigger question is, why do you think you're going to go to jail? So she tells me this story about when she was about seven years old, she overheard a conversation that her dad was having and a store owner called him. He had just purchased some school supplies for her and her siblings, but he had accidentally bounced a check. And the store owner told her dad, and she heard this, you bounced a check and I'm going to make sure the cops send you to jail. Well, in that moment, as a seven-year-old girl, she thought that anytime you bounce a check and later on, anytime you make a financial mistake, you might go to jail. So this was a woman who was now almost 50 years old. So think about that. Almost 50 years had passed, but that belief was still in her head. And so I learned that even though people may look like they have the trappings of success, the nice house, the nice car, they look like they're all put together, inside may be some very fragile financial beliefs that are holding them back. And I suspect people watching or listening right now may have some of those same issues that they worry that, you know, I made a mistake in the past with my money and I've been told you're really not good with money. So I need to not make money because then I can make more mistakes and I would look foolish. And that's just not right. Wow. No, I think those childhood experiences really do shape our outlook. Right. And I can think back to my own childhood. Right. Like just thinking about the things or the norms. Right. Or things that I think are normal today because of the way that money shaped my life when I was younger. So, you know, I just want to go back to your story about when you were a financial planner, you went on this, you know, week long hiatus to really focus about your next steps. Can you just tell us? So, once you had this, I'll call it an epiphany to start your own business or another business rather to really help people. What were the next steps that you took to take this to the next level? Well, the first step is I called my wife and said, honey, are you sitting down? 
I, I think it's time to sell the business. And it was interesting because I thought she might talk me out of it. And I was even talking myself out of it saying, I need to wait a year, build up the value and have a more methodical process. But she said, Derek, we've always bet on each other. And if you feel like the time is right, let's proceed with selling it. Because she knew in my heart, I had a bigger vision. The hard part I will tell you was, is it was important to me to really leave well and make sure that people felt well about my decision. So I called, I had a couple hundred clients I personally worked with at the time, other team members worked with the others. I called each of them individually. And it was like pulling back a Band-Aid off of a wound with each of those calls because you go back and you relive, in some cases, 25 years of a relationship. You know, one woman jokingly said, Derek, if you're going to have a midlife crisis like this, just buy a Corvette. It's a whole lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, some people cried. A few people were upset because they thought I was abandoning them as they were getting close to retirement. But most people love the fact that their advisor was living out what I had helped them do for so many years. So part of, to answer your specific question was dealing with internal doubt. Because the moment I made that decision, that voice inside said, Derek, that's foolish. Why would you walk away from a lucrative business that you could just keep working in, maybe work one day a week? But I said, I know that with integrity to really pursue this and do it well, I need to sell it because if my motivation is waning, that means my clients who I hold near near to my heart will not get the best version of Derek that they deserve. And so what I realized was when you start a new business and you've had a successful previous one, it does not mean that your next business will automatically be successful. So many people think I'm just going to skate from here and I'm going to land over here. It's been a daily struggle because you have to bet on yourself every single day. And someone told me it can take a couple years to build a new business because people questioned me at a deep level. They said, Derek, why would you sell your business to launch something brand new? A lot of people said, well, now that you're retired, I feel like I'm working harder now than ever before. But I'm working now because there's a passion I've got. And that is, if I can help thousands and thousands of people and empower them to make more money and improve the causes or the pain points they see in their life right now, it might be an injustice they see in the world or a wrong they want to right or just something that they want to ease the pain of a, of a cause that's near and dear to them. That's powerful. You know, so many people wait until the end of their life to think, now I want to have meaning. Now I want to give back. What I'm proposing to people, if you're open to it, is how could you have a life of meaning every single day, all at the same time, making a lot more money? You know, how would that completely change the trajectory of your family? So it's that goal and that vision of where I'm going that drives me every single day. Is every day easy? No. No, there was a graphic I saw uh, recently that I laugh at, and it's a day in the life of an entrepreneur. And it goes something like this. Eight o'clock, I'm going to crush the world. Nine o'clock, this business is going straight to hell. 10 o'clock, what am I thinking? 11 o'clock, this is the best ever. And so what I want people to realize is the average person, psychologists tell us this, experiences three to four crises per year. That's if you're average. Now, people listening to this podcast are 
high achievers. They want to get things done. So what that means is you're likely to have even more life experiences than the average person. So if you can accept that and expect it, I'm not wishing harm on anyone, but just expect that, hey, when I do more to improve my life, there'll be more obstacles that come my way. Just recognize that's part of the program of being successful. And if you can do that, you will rebound a lot quicker and just look those obstacles in the face and say, I knew you were coming, but I'm going to close the door and I'm going to get back to work. I think you're talking to me, Derek, because, (laughs) but it's helpful. Like that reframing is so important, right? Like if you know that you can expect these crises to occur, um, especially when you are a go-getter, you know, I think it does, you know, lighten the blow, if you will, you know, like when those, those things, those occurrences do come up, you know, cause that's real as entrepreneurs, like every you're putting out fires, the roller coaster, you know, is real, like the emotions and the highs. So I definitely can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And just back to like your passion and finding your purpose, that is very important as we navigate this thing called life. But, you know, you creating everything that you have led to you creating actually the good money framework. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. So the good money framework came out of where I see culture at today. And and let me explain. There seems to be sort of a vibe in the media and a vibe against anybody with money. And really what it comes down to is if someone has more money than you do, they're bad, or you're jealous of them or envious of them. And that's when people begin to attack, well, you shouldn't have that much money. You need to share that with me. And I really come hard at that because what I believe is everyone shouldn't be just tossed the crumbs off the table They should have a seat at the table and I want it to be their table, the one that they created so they can do all the things they've always wanted to do. And the good money framework is all about starting off with what is that passion and that cause that you care deeply about? And I'll I'll share an example with you. There was a gentleman named Dave that I met with about five years ago. And you know those relationships you've got where you can just tell something's bothering somebody without even exchanging a word? You know, whether you're married to the person, it's a good friend, you can just kind of tell. And we exchanged some small talk. And I said, Dave, it's obvious you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. What's going on? So he begins to tell me a story about, Derek, over the past couple months, I've just not been motivated to want to go to my business. Now, this was a guy who built a successful small business. His kids worked in it. He worked a couple days a week. He looked like he had all the trappings of success, but his heart wasn't getting fulfilled. And he said, I just don't want to go to the office anymore. What do I do? And somehow the words just shot out of my mouth. Dave, is there a cause that you care deeply about? And I could tell the question set him back a bit. And he began to tell me about a village that he and his family had gone to years earlier. And in this particular village that the guide was walking them through, the guide said, this village is very, very poor, but what holds them back is a lack of education. If they had a school building to empower the kids and teach the kids, it would revolutionize this entire community. And he remembered exchanging that glance with your spouse, as you often do when you know you need to do something. And it was that glance that said, we need to handle this problem. So they come back to the States, life gets busy, family, business, et cetera. But my question brought that back to him. And I said, what if you did this? What if you took the next, say, three to six months and you committed to have a sales goal 
to increase the growth of your business by a certain amount, and you would give half of that increase to fund that school. Well, he got a big smile on his face and suddenly became real. Here's a way to do this. Well, we exchanged some more small talk. He left, came back in about three months later. He looked younger, invigorated, all in. I said, Dave, you got to tell me. Either you're taking some special vitamins or something has really changed. He said, Derek, I need to be honest with you. I was a little bit skeptical when you told me about the sales goal and giving half of it, but I did it. We let our customers know that there is a cause we care deeply about, and they got more engaged with it, referred people to us, and motivated us to set a sales goal. We have already funded half of that school. Now, that was powerful because here were two guys, and we're pretty non-emotional, but I realized that the words I had said to him helped extract potential that was inside of him. And he realized he took action and he completely reinvigorated this business that was doing very well to take it to even higher levels because he realized he was a commodity. People could buy his services from anybody, but they wanted to be part of something bigger and they were willing to pay more to do it. So the generosity principle, as I call it in the good money framework, is the generosity purpose. And that is, as a business owner or as an individual, what is that cause that's going to motivate you to go make more money? And then the next step of that framework is keeping it simple. I hear stories all the time of people that say, Derek, you know, when I make New Year's resolutions, I want to lose weight. I want to get a new pet. I need to get a new car. I need to eat better. That is overwhelming. What I tell people is this, set three financial goals and write it on a sticky note or a note card and put it on your bathroom mirror where you see it every morning and every night, and you put it on your nightstand and you put it in your car and you're focused on, look, I wanna pay down $10,000 of debt. I wanna save $5,000 for retirement. I wanna pay down X amount of student loans. If you get laser focused on the biggest financial pain point you've got, a lot of these smaller goals tend to take care of themselves. And so what I wanted to do is empower people in a fresh way Don't just go make money, but tie meaning to your money. If you're in business, tie purpose to your profits. You know, put a cause with your cash. All of those things give you reason to wake up every morning to go crush it. But imagine laying your head on the pillow at night knowing that, man, I'm making more money and I'm improving my family and myself and I'm helping improve the lives of others. That's the meaning that people want to live their whole lives with but you get to do it every single day. So the other part of the framework I would just add would be so many people tell me, Derek, I want to make more money. And I ask them, well, how much do you want to make? And they often say more than I'm making right now. (laughs) And the problem is there's no definition as to how much they want to make because they've never thought about having control over how much they could make. And I tell them on a sticky note, write down how much income you want to have. If you're making 100,000 now and you wanna make 125, well, now we know the problem we're solving for. Now we know we need to find a way to create $25,000 of revenue. And so in the book, I talk about ways you can approach your boss to add value to them where they want to pay you more money because you're adding more value to the business. Or if you own the business, a motivating tool of this generosity purpose to to make more money, to then do more good. But in both cases, you're still making more money. So it's a framework that's simple and I call it shame-free. I'm not telling people, don't have your favorite latte, 
Don't cut back and live like a pauper. If you choose to, that's great. But simply go focus on the top line. Let's go make more money so that you can live the life you deserve. Yeah, that's great points in terms of one, it's so important to write down your goals or write down and get specific, right? Have something that you're shooting towards. And then a lot of times you can only decrease your expenses, but so much, but the potential to increase your income is unlimited in a lot of instances. So I think that's great, great advice. Uh, One question I'm curious that I had in your former business, you worked with hundreds of clients. What were some of like the top characteristics that you saw that led them to be successful? Well, I'll tell you another story. A couple came into my office and they said, Derek, we've decided to sell our house and we want to buy an RV and travel around the country for our retirement. And not to be snarky, but not not to, I wanted to be direct with them. And I said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever driven an RV before? And they said, no, but a lot of our friends have. And I said, do this before you sell your house and you launch on this great plan go rent an RV for the weekend, and then let's meet next week and tell me what you thought of it. So they go rent the RV, they travel around the whole weekend, they come back the next week and they say, Derek, I'm really glad you said that because we didn't really enjoy that. (laughs) What you told us just probably saved us $100,000. So one of the lessons I learned is in helping people kick the tires, you know, we call that a low cost probe, as opposed to take the pendulum from here and swing it all the way over here, just test it and see if you enjoy. If you like to travel overseas, we'll take an overseas trip. Don't just buy the property over there automatically. Let's see if you like it or not. And those types of things there where people can have the freedom to experiment. But another story I'll tell you about is a couple came in the office and they wanted to know how much they needed to save for retirement. What was that magic number? They'd watched on TV and read the newspapers. They'd done all this research And the problem was every financial pundit out there told them something different and they wanted me to help solve. They said, Derek, how much exactly do we need? And what I told them is the one thing that has been proven in 25 years of working with clients that actually works and answers the question is you need to live on a practice retirement budget. Well, what does that mean? That means about six months before you retire, live on, test it, what you think you need to live on. So they completely bought into this, RJ. And it was so crazy because they actually sent both of their paychecks, they're both working into a separate checking account that we set up. And then we direct deposited back to them what they said they needed. That way it was push come to shove. They lived on what they said they wanted to live on. And what we learned is month by month, adjusting a couple hundred dollars, it lived exactly what they wanted for their retirement. So when they retired, they knew exactly how much they needed. I mean, imagine how much peace of mind they had, and it just took away a lot of their financial concerns. So some of the things I would tell people is, don't make money so complicated. Let's set a goal, let's monitor the goal, but ultimately it's about you achieving the goal that are best for you and not for everybody else. You know, there's a saying that I love where someone once said, so many people spend their money to impress people they don't like, to buy things they don't need. And that makes zero sense. You know, I thought peer pressure ended when I was in high school. You know, you wake up and there's that, there's that new pimple on your face and you're like, oh my gosh, my day is over or I need to wear these cool shoes or I need to look a certain way. And what happens is we, we go on into adulthood 
And now it's about, hey, what school does your kid go to? Or what car do you drive? Or what type of neighborhood do you live in? And the peer pressure just amps up. I think right now, as we come out of COVID and Omicron and all these changes we've all gone through, welcome back to frugality, but welcome back to you, each of you listening, living your financial life on your terms and not what the media tells you or you think you need to do or your neighbors are doing. It's all about what it is that you want. I think you've got a chance to craft your financial life now more than ever. I definitely agree with that. Like that today is now more than ever is the time that we can really take the reins of our financial future and do whatever it is, like do whatever it is that you, that you have within your vision, within your, you know, family goals. You know, I think especially today, because there's so many resources out there today, right? Like there's so many communities like ours and like yours where people can, you know, just learn the skills that they need, you know, to, to really impact their financial future. I want to go back to, you know, what you were saying earlier. I think it was the story about David, you know, the one that started the business, who had a business and found the cause that he was passionate about, because I think it's empowering, right? Knowing that you can use money to make changes in the world, make good changes in the world. And I think that's just so empowering, you know, like just the fact that you can make the change if or tie your money with a cause that you're passionate about. One thing that I think is challenging is actually even thinking about like, how do you find that cause? Like, how do you find that thing that's going to motivate you to wake up in the morning and go pursue the business, the promotion that you want to seek out that's going to increase your income? I know that that's something that I struggle with too, right? Like just thinking about what are those causes that I'm truly passionate about that I can really stand behind? What I would ask people to do, because what you've just said, Angie, is something I think many people are asking is, how do I find that cause? And there's a couple ways to do this. Just as you're watching the news, or you think back even to when you were a kid, or in your lifetime, has there been any causes that when you think about it, you're like, man, I want to do something about that. But you might have said to yourself, I don't have enough money, or enough prestige, or enough impact to really make a difference. And so many people think that when they want to make an impact in the world, they've got to go across the world. They've got to make this huge. Sometimes it's as simple as walking across the street or it's asking your kids or your grandkids, hey, who in your class maybe is struggling right now financially? Have you heard about a mom or dad who's lost a job? And you begin to help people right there. But there's a couple ways to do this. Let's say that you really are passionate about people should have clean water or you're really adamant about, man, human trafficking is just wrong, or why are people in poverty today? Whatever the cause is, but in your inside of you, you just feel this tension, and you're like, I want to do something about that. That's where I think the first part of your cause begins to take shape. And what you can do is, obviously, if there's a personal story where you were impacted by that. For example, when I started my business, I had a passion for education, still do. And I thought about when I was a student in high school, I would have loved having successful business people come back and talk to me and instill belief in me and give me a picture past high school. I'm thinking about how do I pass my math test and science, somebody that could give me the bigger perspective on what life is about, and nobody ever did. And so I decided to go back 
And I would recognize a student of the month. I would give a $25 gift card. And I would recognize a teacher of the month to give them a $50 gift card. Well, to me, 75 bucks a month wasn't that big of a dollar amount, quite candidly. But to them, it was like they won the lottery. But more importantly, they felt recognized and appreciated, and they saw someone expressing belief in them. Well, what happened was I began to get calls from potential clients saying, hey, Derek, we see you're involved in education. We want to have you as our financial advisor. Well, I was shocked by this. And I was a smart guy, good with money and so forth. But I said, why in the world of all the advisors you could work with, why are you calling me? And they said, well, we love that you love the same things that we love. They loved education. I loved education. So it was more than just their money. It was about being part of something bigger. And so that's what I would encourage people listening right now is you could do the generosity purpose one of two ways. Either pick a cause that you care deeply about and that you could share a story about here's why I'm passionate about this. And what we know is that people will work with you because they're part of something bigger. One of my colleagues did some research and she said that when the human brain looks at TV and you see an ad about, you know, support the Olympians or help end world hunger, or there's a compelling story about helping make the world better. The emotional response is similar to get this looking into the eyes of the one you love. Now that's powerful because you think about you're making impact and you can be a part of that. So the second piece of this would be you could poll your top customers and say, you know what? We're adopting a generosity purpose in our business this year to to make an impact in the community. What would be some suggestions that you have that you would like us to support? Well, now what you've done is you've enrolled your very top, highest revenue, most valuable customers, helping you determine what cause you should contribute to. And what will that likely do? Will it cause them to leave, find another company to work with? No, it'll deepen the relationship, make it stickier. They're going to want to refer more people to you. So I would just go back and ask yourself, as as you go about the normal course of your day, what is it that you say to yourself that's just not right? And now you have a chance to, even if it's $5, $10, $100, whatever it is, don't worry about the dollar amount. Just think about what you see is wrong and you want to write it. That's where you can start. Those are great tips, Derek. And, you know, just start where you are. I love that you said it can start at any dollar amount, right? Oftentimes we think, oh, well, when I make X amount of money, that's when I'm going to help. But I love that you said it can start where you are, start with what you have and to, to start, you know, making changes in this world. Yeah, and, and, and touching on that, the when people think about giving, I want to kind of dispel a common hesitation people have. And that is, For example, if I was going to give an organization $100, typically you think about, okay, I gave $100 to them. That means I lose $100 and they gain the $100. It's a lose-win. Now, there's some tax benefits and that kind of stuff, but it's a lose-win scenario. What I'm proposing is completely different thinking, and that is by you setting a goal of saying, I want to give more money, that means to do that, you're going to be making more money to then be giving more money. So it's this cycle that literally has no potential end to it unless you end it because you're always going to be making more money and more people want to work with you because they're part of that cause that's there. Now, let me say this. 
am I saying, Derek, are you saying, Derek, that anybody can do this? You need to be a pro. You need to be really good at what you do. Giving money to support a cause is not going to cover up really bad service that you provide and a really poor product. You need to be bringing your A game. But all of this is about decommoditizing yourself. You know, if I think about people listening, if you're, you know, let's say you're an attorney, a CPA, a real estate agent, anybody in sales, and you feel like, look, there's, there's a lot of people like me out there. How do I stand out? Well, first of all, provide high level value and help people make more money, save money and improve their lives. That's number one. And then second of all, assuming that's in in place, then we bring in the generosity purpose where people feel like, wow, I'm part of something bigger where you walk into a room and people say, boy, he or she is a community leader. I want to work with them. They already, they've heard about you before you even enter into a conversation. That's the goal. Because I believe right now, as we get more technology-based, people can easily buy their auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, whatever the services are from anybody. But if you're a person who can add value and really make people feel important, you can make a lot of money and feel good about it because you've added immense amount, heaping amounts of value to improve people's lives. It starts with you, right? (laughs) Start offering high value, high value products. I love it. And then you bring in the generosity and be a good giver. So, you know, we want to go into your book, Good Money Revolution. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about your book and what we can learn from it? No, the book itself, I call it a shame-free, simple success plan for your money. And as I mentioned earlier, there's many voices out there that say, don't buy your favorite latte. Don't treat yourself. Don't do anything that might bring you any type of financial joy today. Now, for those of you that want to be super disciplined and achieve your goals even quicker, you can cut back on those things because you have a purpose and a goal in mind. What I'm saying is I want you, and I talk about this in the book, is I want people to be motivated to focus on how do I make more money to then do more good, which means I am still making more money. And most people aren't making a ton of money if they stop by Starbucks one less time that week. I mean, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. I'm not downplaying it, but it's just not, I'm not here to shame you into doing better financially. What I want to do is give you an alternative plan. And that is, here's a proven way, a simple way. And part of the the book is really about how can I teach people how to make more money? So let me give you a specific example. Debbie worked for a very uh, small engineering firm. It was a startup company. She was excited to leave corporate America, motivated, but about a year and a half into this, she felt disillusioned, overlooked, and underappreciated. Many people I think can relate to that right now. And she came in the office. She said, Derek, how do I make more money? And so we began to craft a strategy, and I asked her a lot of questions. And what we came to was her boss was the person who was the lead salesperson in the company. So he would visit with all of the customers to bring in new business. And what Debbie realized was, what if she got licensed and got her certification and then recommended to her boss, hey, what if you gave me 25% of those customers, maybe the lower revenue customers, It would give you more capacity to focus on higher growing revenue 
and help build the business. And then she also talked about a strategy where what if as opposed to just relying on the sales team to bring in leads, what if you empowered the whole small business to say, look, anybody who brings a lead to our marketing or sales department that turns into sales, you're going to get a bonus as well. And so what we learned is, and this is something everybody can take from this, uh, I think this podcast, remember that your, your boss's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? Okay. If you bang on your boss's door and demand the raise, my expenses have gone up. My cost of my kids' schooling has gone up. Food has gone up. Okay. That's true. But why should your boss really care about, okay, I'm going to give you more money because of your expenses. But if you can say, here's a way that I found to increase more business, to increase sales and reduce costs, now you've got your boss's attention. So Debbie scheduled an appointment, went to talk to her boss. Her boss was so impressed with that, agreed to give her a $5,000 raise upon completing the certification, reimbursed her for the certification. And now Debbie has a group of clients that she receives a commission on or a sales bonus on incremental business that she grows. So suddenly her attitude shifted from, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth to now there's really no limit to what I could get paid. And that's what I want to instill in people listening right now is, especially if you work for a company where you feel like, man, there's really no opportunity for me. This is a way to do that. But let's say somebody listening right now is a teacher or they may be a cop or they may be a firefighter or a pilot. And they're sort of in this pay range where irregardless of how good of a job they do, they can't get a raise because it's all based on the union or based on years of service. So in that case there, you have to start a side hustle. You've got to look at a side gig. You've got to look at some other way, unless you change careers, which may be hard for people to do, to then do that. And what I would tell people is this. They ask me all the time, how do I start a side hustle? Because they want to start this grandiose business and learn something brand new. I just say, ask yourself one question. In the course of your day, what problems do you find yourself solving for people? When people ask you for help, what do you typically find yourself helping them with? Is it solving their computer problems? Is it helping them with an athletic question? Is it helping them with whatever it may be? And begin to use that as the foundation of your side hustle. Because if people who know you like you trust you are already coming to you, they'll likely pay you to do more of that. So it's a way to, to just de-over, I think, complicate what a side hustle can look like. But right now, more than ever, we know people are going to get about a 4% raise this year, according to most reports. I want people not to settle for just a 4% raise. That's not even going to keep up with inflation. I want people to really feel like they're getting paid what they're worth. And the only way to do that is to add more value to the company or even the business they're in right now. That's the way to make more money. Yes, yes. I love all of that, especially, you know, what's in it for me. You can uh, tie that to looking for a promotion or raise, but also just in terms of relationships, building relationships and using your clients or customers, you know, making sure that they know whatever your product is, what's in it for them. But one thing I wanted to ask you about in your book, you mentioned about people who are behind on retirement savings and you have something called uh, ultimate retirement, ultimate retirement redemption plan. And I love the term. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite parts of the book because 
this really impacted many, many clients. And so many people, and many people listening can, I think, relate to this, is they feel like they haven't saved enough. They're behind on their savings. They work every single day. And the last thing they want to do is at nighttime, learn how to make money. And so I call this the sweet spot solution, the ultimate retirement redemption plan. And basically what it is, there's a moment in almost all of our lives where the house is almost paid off and we're just about to get out of debt or son or daughter is just about to graduate college. And suddenly there's discretionary money that becomes available to us. And now we're faced with what do we do with that? I call this a catch-up strategy. And so the goal here is there's a couple of options about how you can handle this. Obviously, we want to start where we are right now. So many people get frustrated. I need to be here. I should have this much money. Well, if you don't, you don't. And so I would just say, give yourself grace, forgive yourself, and let's start from where you are right now, whether you're 25, 35, 65, wherever it is. So one option would be if you really, really hate your job and it's just causing you unbearable stress and really affecting your health, you may want to choose to retire sooner with a lower standard of living. Now, this isn't for everybody, but if you really feel just weighted down and crushed, I would rather you live a life of meaning that you enjoy on much less money without the stress of the job you really dislike. Or another strategy would be you could then phase in your retirement. Let's say you're 55 or 60 right now and you say, I want to take the next X number of years and really build up my savings. So I might work maybe four days a week instead of seven. And the other three days a week, I want to start doing something that I may want to do in retirement. It's a way to kick the tires. And more and more companies are open to this because they see the intellectual talent and capital that is walking out the door as people retire. And that's knowledge they want to retain, especially for the younger workforce coming in. And then the third option is you might say, you know what, if I'm 55 right now, if I waited to retire to 65, people are living longer for the most part, and I really stockpiled my savings, then I could live the retirement I really, really want. So the point of all of this is don't just say to yourself, well, I haven't saved. I'm going to have to live on Social Security. No, because we even know Social Security is kind of a big question mark as well. I would just tell you, you know, don't die before you're dead. Don't think that hope is all lost until you've actually pursued what it is that you really want. And I think to supercharge that would be to pick out the cause that you care deeply about. Even if you want to give 10 bucks, 1%, whatever it may be, now there's a motivation to say, look, I want to go make more money for myself, but also this cause I care about, which can motivate you to go talk to your boss, to start the side hustle. All these are tools I talk about in the book. And when we're giving them to people to say, I want to empower you, wherever you're at right now, here is a roadmap, a simple roadmap to go make more money and do more good, but really live the life of meaning you've always wanted, whether you're behind or you're right on track. Great tips. We love it. You know, there's a lot of people that we know personally that are behind on retirement. So, you know, just giving them a tactical solution to help them just kind of get ahead is super helpful. So for those who are listening, who want to pre-order your book, where can they find more information? Well, thanks for that. The book is called Good Money Revolution and it's available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes and Noble, wherever people buy their books. 
it's available right now and would love to have people do that. And uh, the feedback we're getting, the reviews that are out there, the endorsers, people like having a fresh way to think about their money. But I would just tell people, if you don't feel like you're making the money you deserve or the impact in the world you've wanted, I believe there's a better way for your money today. And I can't think of a, a better book or, or just a topic. If you can get your money right, a lot of people get their life and their relationships right as well. These are dominoes that you can only benefit from down the road. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Once you invest in yourself, it allows you to invest in others and causes that you're passionate about. So Derek, thank you so much for coming on. Lastly, how can people connect with you? Well, first of all, love your show. I love how practical you keep it. And I was so excited to be with you today. My Instagram, I think, ties into what a lot of your listeners and audience would love. And that's a Derek T. Kenny, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, letter T as in Tom, K-I-N-N-E-Y. Each day we drop new content about how to do better with your money right now, how to save money, how to make more money. So Instagram is a great way to follow us. Also, our website is Good Money Framework, which is a great website. But if you're on social, go to Instagram and follow us there for the latest news and, and really more of the news, just advice that you can use today to go make more money. Okay, Derek, this was such a great episode. You have shared so much knowledge that I think our listeners can really take action on. So thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yes, thanks for coming on. <laughs> thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration. 